the 5AA Sports Shows, where are they now? Past legends, past glories. Yes, well, this fellow that's joining us now, I tell you what, he, uh, his career cut short by knee injuries, but played 84 games for Melbourne and then was, well, 130 games of coaching. Just the one at Hawthorne with we'll get to, but Fremantle, he was there for, uh, well, a good part of six seasons, 129 games there. Speak no more of Chris Connolly. G'day, Chris. G'day, boys. Hey, good mate, uh, tell us about the one game at Hawthorne. Yeah, look, it was extraordinary circumstances. Peter Swab had rang me up on a Sunday morning. We were playing Carlton. It was quite a big game because we were both looking to get in the top fours in 2001. And he said, we've got one out. And I said, who's that? And he said, me. <laughs> meaning himself. <laughs> and uh, then he went and he said, look, I want you to coach the team. I'd become the senior assistant then, but around the club we did have David Parkin was the footy manager, guys like Calvin Moore, uh, very experienced football people. Gary Buckenara had been a senior wow. coach. Uh, but they backed me in and we all got around together and we were behind all day until the kick after the siren when Ben Dixon kicked the winning yeah, goal. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, and look, it didn't really hit me. It's kind of, there's a business and romance to football. So mm. you're in the business and, you know, I stepped up. Paul Salmon had stepped into my role as the midfield coach. So it all just kind of hummed along. All the preparation was done by Peter during the week. And we had a function over at the tennis centre. And I was walking over the bridge after that. And it finally hit me that I got to coach one AFL game and uh, it was a phenomenal experience yeah. and memory and I was very lucky and very lucky to have spent six years at a great club like Hawthorne. Hey, mate, um, let's go back to your playing career. You are qu- quite the prodigy. I mean, you played a couple of years in what was a top competition back then, the Teal Cup, um, and the second year you were vice-captain of it. That would have been around that sort of Kernahan platten sort of era from here, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we got knocked off by them over in uh, Western Australia, but they had John Platten, Steve Kernahan, Craig Bradley, a whole host. Of <laughs> Probably the best. I, I, it'd be hard to beat that top that team mm. that was playing for South Australia at that time. But we had Bernard Tui and Paul Ruse and Chris Langford and wow. Greg Williams was coming through wow. and um, yeah, look, it was a, it was a great pathway back then. It was kind of really well organised, and whilst we didn't spend a lot of time training together. It kind of created a pathway to the under-19. And then we all made our way through, you know, that in the senior mm. AFL football. Yeah. You're a Goulburn Valley lad or Shepparton lad. So how'd you get to Hawth- uh, get to Melbourne? Well, back in those days, there was zoning. So the yep. Golden Valley was zoned to Melbourne and they had a development squad there. And I'd been playing uh, through the ranks there. I was lucky enough to play in a senior premiership in 1980 with the... Uh, Shepparton United. My dad had been president of Shepparton United for a number of years and became the Golden Valley president for uh-huh. well over 20 years. Dad's a life member of the Victorian Country Football League. So I've always been hanging around football clubs. Dad was an AFL player for Western Bulldogs. He coached all his life. So I've always been around footy clubs and that kind of got me off playing and then you know encouraged me to coach. And then once I've finished coaching, I've kind of gone back to community football to support them. And I'm a life member of the Shepparton United Football Club. So it's a great honour to be a part of that club still. We'll we'll talk about Club Map when we get to it. Goulburn Valley, isn't that the awesome foursome, that the tin can fruit? Is that it, Chris? (laughs) Well, that is. It's famous for, look, it's a fruit picking community. (laughs) Because, look, all the refugees or a lot of them that come to Australia end up being looked after by the Golden Valley. There's a lot of working opportunities, particularly in the fruit uh, part of the dairy industry. 
And so we have a whole melting pot of different cultures uh, in Shepparton. It's a great place and the surrounding towns mm. and sports alive and well, you know, in the Goulburn Valley. You had a lot of years at Melbourne, 84 games, Timmy said. Uh, struck down with knee recons. You, you finished the top five in a in a BNF at your best. You're bloody good at the level, Chris. So so talk us about how, was it one knee or two knees in the end? Yeah, I, I played, I was lucky enough to play in a premiership in the under-19s and then made my senior debut the next year. And then after that, I was top four in the BNF three years in a row. And then wow. in 19... Three or four years. So I've played four years wow. in the seniors, three years uh, in the in the club champion. And then I had done my knee quite seriously, my left knee, and made my way back after about a year and a half. And and uh, and then about six months after that, did my right knee. Uh, so I was around the club a fair bit. I tried to be, you know, a kind of leader within the club off the field. I became a life member of the Melbourne Football Club. And was really assisting the coaches. And in my last year, once I'd finished playing, I was assistant coach of the uh, Melbourne Reserves. And then the under-19s folded. And the under-18 competition started. And I was lucky enough to, to get one of those opportunities. And uh, I coached at the Eastern Rangers. And in fact, three of my young players back then were Chris Brad, Chris and Brad Scott and Adam Kingsley. Oh, stop it. <laughs> All premiership all players. Great all, all coaching now. And then you're, you're an assistant. Weren't you an assistant with John Northey? What was that, 91? That was in 91 in the Melbourne Reserve. And then the following year is when the uh, new competition of the yes. under-18 started, which now exists still. Mm. Okay. And then I moved into uh, coaching there for four years. I was actually a physical education teacher. But mm. teaching and coaching kind of went hand in hand a bit and certainly gave you flexibility with time. And then Hawthorne uh, offered an opportunity to come over and support Ken Judge when he first started at Hawthorne and then Ken moved to West Coast and Peter Swab took over the reins and we saw a, a rebuild there and then later on the opportunity at Fremantle came up. You would have had some coaches. I mean, probably Slug Jordan back in Till Cup, no yeah. doubt. And then uh, coming through <laughs> Melbourne and, and experiencing the ones that you were uh, assistants to. What did you learn from some of those guys? Oh, look, the main focus is the fundamentals. I mean, you look back at the way we were coached and when you guys were coached when you were playing, it wasn't great compared to the knowledge no, now around coaching. A bit different. But those guys were very innovative. And I think that's one thing that stands out with the successful modern-day coaches. I mean, you see Al Clarkson will try all different sorts of things. He says of every 10 new things he tries, four works. Mm. But it helps, uh, that innovation helps move the game forward, just not on the field, but preparing to play on the field. And Rod Barassi was a great innovator. I mean, mm. he was my first coach and, um, you know, just a great thinker. Melbourne had won the wooden spoon in the seniors. So we went through a rebuild, you know, through Ron Barassi, and then John Northey took over the reins. And Ron's often seen as failing at Melbourne. But a rebuild takes quite a, a few years. And when you look at the 1987 uh, preliminary final team and then the grand final teams with Melbourne, a lot of those players were introduced to the club by Ron Brassie and Ray Jordan. Mm. So they certainly made their mark. A bit like, look, I, I would suggest now a lot of the senior coaches we see now rebuilding their clubs won't be the premiership coaches of that club, but mm. will have played a significant part in setting up that premiership opportunity. And then John Northey came along. And um, he, John Northey's the best speaker to a group of footballers to motivate them I've ever heard. Mm. So there's a fair bit of experience and recruiting done uh, leading up to John taking the reins. But John did a great job uh, at Melbourne. And we were pipped in a grand final. But 89 Hawthorne grand final teams is probably the best you know, grand final premiership teams in the history of the game.
Yeah, I tend to agree. Wooden spoon at Frio, then you got the job, took them 13th. How did that all come about for you? Yeah, well, you know, when you win the wooden spoon, there's often a change of coaching. So we took over a wooden spoon team, and that's what happens. You know, when a new coach comes in, they're going to take over a team that needs to to build. And the club was $6 million in debt, so there's a lot of challenges on and off the field. Uh, But one thing when you bottom out, I think as a club did like Fremantle at that time, it gets everyone on the same page to help build the club. So there's a lot of energy around building the playing list and patience. There's also a lot of energy around building the club off the field. So Cameron Swab, who was the CEO, and Ricard, who were the presidents, we went from uh, president, we went from six million in debt, which is a lot of money back then, uh, mm. Rowie. If you wanted to buy the club for 20 bucks, you would have been, uh, they would have sold it to you. <laughs> well. But uh, it's about 20 million in today's money. And you know, Cameron and Rick had a plan in place and within two years they ticked all the boxes and there's a lot of momentum around Fremantle and they've become one of the great clubs. Yeah. Well, you took them to the finals in your, in your second year. I'll fast forward to the prelim in yep. 06. West Coast were flying. They made the grand final. That could have been a derby grand final mm. that year, 06. How, how did you go against them through the year, Chris? Oh, we, 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 we won our fair share. It was probably about 50-50. I mean, they were building a great team and they became a premiership team. I mean, that final year, um, you know, we, we used to often beat West Coast and West Coast used to each often beat Adelaide and Adelaide often beat Sydney and That's Sydney right. always beat us. It was yeah. quite a phenomenal ringer, ring of rosy around the top mm. four. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, and it really inspired us as a club, you know, to become to become good. So football is pretty healthy uh, in Perth mm. at that time. And you know when football's healthy in Perth or Adelaide, how positive the state oh, are. Yep. Um, so it was a good time to be around uh, around football. And in that 06 season, there's that uh, infamous moment with the, with the siren. Now, we'll just play a little bit of it here. Well, the siren had gone, and Byron Shemmer told the umpire the, the siren's gone. The umpire on the bench thought Aidan Kennedy had uh, heard the siren. All the players had heard it. Well, that, look, that's, that's the facts of what happened. And, of course, when our players heard the siren go, the game's over. The next thing, it's balled up. So, mate, you, you, one thing game. I loved about you, you had passion and you yeah. absolutely went to town on this one. Well, I just, I'm just glad in retrospectively, you know, the AFL made the right decision because it would have become a precedent. Mm. And we can review these things and make the fair decision, and the right decision was made. If you look at those points that we gained in that game and put us into the top four, now, St Kilda just missed out on the top four that year, and they actually lost their first final against Melbourne, and by the end of the week, Grant Thomas was sacked. So, you know, when we talk about decisions in games, I mean, we know, again, the romance, the business, the romance is umpires make mistakes, mm. these things happen, they see, but when you're in the business, you know how cutthroat it can be. Hey, how did you keep Pav through all those years when the Crows were knocking on their door? I know they offered Kangaroo Island and two McDonald's franchises <laughs> and, you know, memberships here and there. How did you keep Pav? Oh, look, that's a question for him to answer. I'm just disappointed he never got to win a premiership. He deserves yeah. to be a premiership player. He's one of the great players of all time. But the offer wasn't good enough, I would think. All right. She's compared to Jeez. our offer and compared to... Because okay. you were dealing with the values of the Pavlich family. So it was going to be a fair hurdle to mm. jump. They're not going to sell themselves short. And it's going to have to be pretty convincing, I would think, for them to change clubs. Chris, you mentioned uh, about your grassroots and, and that you've gone back to it. You've uh, you've got this uh, fantastic program, Club Map, and it's to help 
many struggling clubs, and we've we've had it here where actually clubs are that bad they're starting to say we'll we'll charge you a levy uh, if you're not going to volunteer because it's getting that hard to get people. But can you tell us a bit about uh, what you've done uh, to help the community clubs? Yeah, look, I started when I was at Hawthorne. Terry Dillon was in the finance department, and he was vice president of Coralina, the player there. When Eddie McGuire took over Collingwood, he took Terry as the CFO. So Terry was there for six years, and Hawthorne got him back as the chief operating officer for a number of years, and he ended up CEO at St Kilda and had been at the top end in AFL, but he'd always been vice football club Coralina. I this is to as many clubs as we can. So we formed Club Map, clubmap.com.au. We help clubs in all sports all over the country really put out their strategic plan, their operational plan, and their revenue plan. Well, there's third parties out there that can help that people don't know about. There's a way, there's a formula to running a successful club. People have got a lot of heart and soul in their club, but they just really haven't been educated on how to run the club. We can find grants, can, uh, cancel state government money. They want clubs to be up and about. So we work with a number of clubs all over Australia. And, in fact, we just did a review of the Barossa Light and Baller Football Association. Oh, great. So, well, now, can I tell you my favourite footy story with the in Adelaide? Come on. <laughs> so I'm coaching against Adelaide. It's at Amy Park, the old Amy Park. Yeah, big crowd, big following Adelaide. I look up in the crowd. Right in the middle of the crowd, there's two big guys. They've got all the Freo gear on, Freo beanie, scarf, jumper, the whole box and die. So before the game, I went up and introduced myself. I said, look. I want to thank you for supporting Fremantle. They said, we don't support Fremantle. I said, what do you mean? They said, we support whoever's playing against Adelaide. <laughs> there was, I'm telling you, there was two big burly Port Adelaide players. It must be Port Adelaide. Let's, let's play. They'd be Port Adelaide. And they've got a different kit every week for the game against Adelaide to just get stuck into the Adelaide Crow supporters. Oh, God, they're probably still Classic. around. Chris, a mighty career and contribution to our great game. Um, Culminating with the still live contributing. And mm. still contributing. Thanks for your time, mate. Well done. No, thanks very much, and keep up the great success of your show. Uh, brilliant. Chris Connolly, our guest. All thanks to Walco. Winter is coming. Time to get a Walco Guardian pool cover. It'll keep chemicals sealed off from the light, water clean, and no need for your pump. Visit walco.com.au.